friend, if you have not yet blessed us with a donation, I just want to ask you personally, would you consider helping us with a one-time donation so we can produce more Bible teachings like this and reach many, many more people? And for all of you who have already blessed us with a donation, we say thank you. And please remember, for more of an impact, would you consider becoming a Christ-centered partner with us? All that means is that you will join hands with us and the Lord, and you will support us regularly with your prayer and your financial giving. And in return, we will also bless you back. And obviously, God, who is a giver, will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly, and you will be making a difference in the lives of hundreds and thousands of others with your financial giving. To become a Christ-centered partner, you can visit our website, drruthtanyi.org, and learn more about that. So, before I leave, I just want to say one more time, if the Lord has put it in your heart to give, please don't ignore that. God will bless you back. Please take a step of faith. Visit our website today, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. It is a safe and secure website. Make a one-time donation as you are led by the Lord or consider becoming a partner. And I just want to say thank you in advance for doing so. And I know that God in his faithfulness will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Ruth now comes to the conclusion of this book, and we pray that you have learned a lot. Here is Dr. Ruth with some concluding remarks. Okay, we have completed our study of the book of Numbers, a very, very intriguing, fascinating, powerful book. I am sure you are in agreement. So the book of Numbers is about 39 years of journey of the nation of Israel. Okay, so as we come to the end of the book of Numbers, we are almost close to 40 years that the nation of Israel has been in the wilderness. We started the book of Numbers with the first census. And by the time we got to the second census, everyone who was counted during the first census had died due to disobedience, God's righteous judgment had been levied upon their lives. They had died. And we saw God's faithfulness, how he had preserved the second generation, and he started to prepare them to go possess the promised land. We talked about that supernatural preservation of the nation of Israel. And by the time the second census was counted, the numbers between the first and the second census was very close. That was God's supernatural ability to preserve the nation of Israel. And as we come to the end of the book of Numbers, 
we learned how the nation of Israel is right at the border of the promised land. They are right there to possess the promise that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we come close to the end of the book of Numbers, the wandering in the desert had ended. The new generation had been prepared. They were ready to go possess that land. Can you imagine the excitement? You think right now, if you had been believing God for something, you've been waiting and you start to sense that peace of God and you start to sense that your anxieties are leaving you. Imagine the excitement that that would bring in your soul. So imagine how the Israelites were excited by this time to go possess that land. Imagine how Joshua and Caleb were excited to go finally and take that promise of God that they had verbalized that they would go take it. Okay? Now, the book of Numbers fit into totality of all scripture. I had said at the end of each book, I will do a conclusion so we can see the totality of God's story. So with this book of Numbers, we see how it ties perfectly into all scriptures. We had learned about God's progressive revelation to the nation of Israel. We had learned about God's faithfulness to bring them to that promised land. God's story is advancing. God is preserving the nation of Israel where the Messiah would come from. Okay? And, and the New Testament teaches us, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we are taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that the lessons we have learned from the children of Israel wandering in the desert is something that we should take heed to. We should not ignore it. The Apostle Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is so powerful that I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 10 verses 1 through 12 so that faith comes by hearing, hearing, by the word of God. Let me read to you the, the words of God about the lessons we can learn from the book of Numbers. So as New Testament believers today, we should not repeat them. So I begin in verse 1. I am reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. This is the Apostle Paul writing now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5, Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. 
verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. Verse 9, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Verse 10, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Verse 11, very powerful. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Powerful advice out of the New Testament scripture written by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. The Apostle Paul was warning the Corinthians, okay, not to act like the Israelites did in the wilderness and they suffered these consequences. And this warning is still applicable to us today. If we claim that we are Christians, the lessons and the principles we have learned from the Israelites in the book of Numbers are still very applicable because God is the same. And Psalm 78, the entire Psalm 78, which I am not going to read, you can go and look at that on your own, has the same warning to us. So we might have gone through the book of Numbers. Some of you might have wondered all of this uh, distribution of land, all of this uh, ancestor uh, uh, fighting. How does that apply to me today? The principles we have learned from this book are still applicable. And we, I just read scripture from the New Testament, teaching us to take heed to this advice. And 2 Timothy 3.16, a very popular scripture, teaches us clearly that all of the scriptures, <laughs> the entire Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation is inspired by God and is there to train us, teach us how to walk in righteousness, okay, so we can learn. And another very great popular scripture reminding us that all of the teachings in the Old Testament are there to benefit us today if we can learn from them. This uh, uh, scripture is out of Romans 15, 4. It simply reads, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So I am believing that the last many, many weeks I have spent teaching you the key principles out of the book of Numbers that will mean something to you. Because in the book of Numbers, we learned a lot about the nature of God. We learned a lot about how the Israelites rejected God. We learned a lot about God's reaction, God's judgment, and God is the same. 
if we can keep it in our forefront that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we will, we will take these principles and put them into practice and trust the Holy Spirit to guide and lead our lives. And we would have God's blessings chase us and God will protect us from the enemy and we would be successful in our work as a Christian. So with that, what are the major, I mean major principles we have learned from the book of Numbers? I have seven major principles. Number one, God's faithfulness. We saw how God's promise to Abraham came to fruition. How, how God killed the first generation Israelites. He raised a new generation supernaturally and he prepared them to go possess the promised land. God is faithful, faithful, faithful 100%. Principle number two, disobedience. Disobedience has consequences. We learned how even God's mighty servant, Moses, disobeyed God and he himself could not get into the promised land. We learned how the Israelites grumbled, they disobeyed God, God allowed the snakes to bite them. Even though those snakes were there in the wilderness, but God was protect, protecting them. But when they started grumbling, God allowed the snakes to bite them. Many of them died. Disobedience to God carries major, major consequences. Third major principle, sin. God, God's hatred for sin is evident throughout the pages of the book of Numbers. We learned how God allowed the Israelites to, be, uh, to go and kill the Midianites. God allowed a holy war, gave orders to Moses to send soldiers from the Israelite nation to go attack the Midianites and kill them. We learned that. The wages of sin is death. We saw how God dealt with them. We also learned how God gave them specific instructions referring to the Israelites now. When they get into the promised land, they should possess the land. They should demolish the uh, idolatry uh, altars there. That is all highlighting God's hatred for sin and sexual immorality. Okay, we also saw how the Midianite women enticed the Israelite men and they committed sexual immorality and got into idolatry. And we see how thousands of them died in one day. God is still angry when we practice sin and dishonor his words. Except, like I have always said, God is not going to strike you dead his protection will be lifted from your life and Satan will attack and kill you and God would allow it. Principle number four, we learned about God's sovereignty over his creation. We learned that throughout the story of Balaam, powerful story, how God spoke through the Balaam's donkey, how God even used a pagan counterfeit prophet, Balaam, to, to, to uh, prophesy his words of exhortation towards the nation of Israel. Principle number five, God's fairness. We saw that, how the land was distributed equally 
fairly. We also learned how God protected individuals who committed murder accidentally. God is a just judge. We learned that. Principle number six, God honors faith. God honors bold, active faith. And that was evident in the lives of Caleb and Joshua because they were the only two who would proceed to inherit the promised land. You know the story when the entire nation of Israel rebelled against the Lord. Joshua and Caleb, by faith, stood up and spoke their faith and God honored that and allowed them entrance into the promised land. God honors faith. Last major principle out of the book of Numbers is the importance of memory. I have talked about this over and over. God gave them all these festivals to celebrate. That way it could bring into their remembrance his goodness, his presence. Okay, That way they can have that deep-rooted in their souls. How God is a good God. How no matter how things may seem bad, God had delivered them. In prior battles, God can still deliver them and God did deliver them and God will still deliver them and us from all hardships as we trust in his wisdom and practice his word. So those were the major principles out of the book of Numbers, which I had gone over in details through the various chapters. So what is the major application, the big picture here? I came up with three Major applications. Number one, the book of Numbers truly highlighted the principle of free will. This is so crucial because there are many believers who don't believe in this uh, doctrine of free will. That God has given each of us a free will. And we can use that free will for him or against him. The book of Numbers is one of those books in the Bible that truly highlights that. How, how the Israelites used their free will to rebel against God and they rejected his promise. But God was not going to, to let them get by with it. And God raised a different generation. So each of us has been given a free will. So God has blessed us abundantly, exceedingly. As New Testament believers, Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, that he came to give us life abundantly, exceedingly until it overflows. But Satan, your enemy, is out to destroy you, devour you, and to kill you. God wants us to enjoy this life. I believe Galatians 1.4, that Jesus Christ died for us to enjoy and to overcome in this present life. Not just in heaven, in this life. Okay? And 2 Corinthians 1.20, I'm going to just read this powerful scripture. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In a nutshell, what this scripture is teaching us is that all of God's promises through Jesus Christ are yes. God will honor them as we walk with him, obey his decrees, allow him to lead our lives. He has all these promises to bless us 
with but it's up to us to receive it by faith just like Caleb and Joshua stood up by faith to inherit the promise we also have to stand up by faith and receive all these promises that God has already blessed us within the Bible promises of peace prosperity in every area of our lives abundance okay Promises to overcome the evil one. Promises to live healthy lives. These are all promises available to us, but based on our free will, our decisions to obey God, those promises will chase us, or if we disobey God, we lose the promises. It is not up to God. It's up to us. Just like it was not up to God for those children of Israel to go into the promised land and possess that land. God had already blessed them. It was up to them to walk in obedience and go possess it, but they rejected it. Except for Caleb and Joshua who stood up in faith and inherited the promise. Likewise, it's not up to God. It's up to us. Okay, the second major application here is that walking in obedience is the cardinal. Please listen to this. Walking in obedience in accordance with God's laws as expressed in the Bible is the cardinal way you express that you love God. Obedience to God is the only way that you can say that I am a child of God and I love God, and I obey God. If you obey God, you love God. Disobedience shows that you truly don't love God. It's lip service. Jesus went on to tell us in Luke 6:46, Why do you call me Lord, 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 and don't do what I say? If you don't obey God, you don't love God. You can say you love God all you want. If you are not able to obey his decrees in his word, if you are not able to practice his word, if you are not able to put to practice what he is telling you in the scriptures, you don't love God. It doesn't matter how you say you do. Your actions, please listen, your actions reveal your true heart. Okay, if you truly love God, you would obey God. And the, may, the last major uh, application, which is like a piggyback to the second one, is that the best way to obey God and walk in accordance with his decrees as you are strengthened by the Holy Spirit, because you cannot do this thing without help from the Holy Spirit. The best way to do this, Jesus tells us himself, because Jesus knows that we cannot do it without him. Look at what Jesus says in John 15. 5 through 7. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branch branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. Verse 7, powerful. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Are you getting answered prayers? Are your prayers answered? If not, evaluate. Are you abiding in Christ? Because Jesus is clear here. If you remain in, in me, and my words, what Jesus is saying is that if you 
Abide in him. Abide here means that you stay focused on Jesus. You practice what he teaches. You make Jesus your Lord. Meaning that you submit all of your plans, your decisions under the Lordship of Christ. And you allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, to guide you. You do not live contrary to the word of God. If you abide in Christ, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You submit every area of your life. To Jesus Christ. I mean your finances, your children, your marriage, your career. You say, Lord, my marriage is tough right now, but I'm going to just trust you that you're going to work this thing out. And then you just trust God. You say, my finances are a mess. I'm going to trust you that you're going to give me supernatural wisdom to work in divine finances, divine blessings with my finances. My health is poor right now, but I'm going to eat well. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to trust you that as I am doing these things to take care of the temple, you are my healer and I will see the healing in my body. As you abide in Christ by doing those things as examples, you practice the word of God. Jesus is saying that your prayers will be answered. You see, many believers understand the, this thing about Jesus is a vine, they are the branches. But they don't understand, they always miss verse 7. That for your prayers to be answered, you have to abide in Christ and practice the word. So the best way to do that is to make Jesus Christ your Lord. And then that way you will be easily positioned to walk in obedience. Okay? So this is not difficult. This is not uh, something that you can just do is impossible to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is impossible without you allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit has to guide every move. You have to seek advice and seek his, his, seek his wisdom daily with everything you do in life. So I am believing by faith that you, you will take these principles we have learned out of the book of Numbers and take heed to this advice that the scriptures have taught us. If you are a child of God, use your free will for God. Walk in obedience. Abide in Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you day by day. Call upon him to guide you. And you will live the life that you can never imagine. God will bless you, strengthen you, protect you, guide you. You will see favor in your life, in everything you do, because God is faithful, 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 and God is consistent, 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 and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the same way he blessed Caleb and Joshua, he will bless you. If you stand up in faith and abide in Christ, walk in obedience, and use your free will to glorify God. So I hope you receive this in Jesus' name. So Father God, I just thank you for all of the listeners today, Lord. We have learned some powerful lessons out of the book of Numbers. We just call upon your Holy Spirit. Father God, for all the listeners today, I ask for your Holy Spirit to strengthen them. I ask for your Holy Spirit to teach them how to apply these principles into their lives. Father God, they want to honor you. They want to obey you. Some of them are struggling. They don't know how to begin. For those of them who are Christians, your Holy Spirit is abiding in them. I am asking the Spirit of God right now in all of them to teach them, to guide them, 
to lead them into ways to walk in accordance with your words. Father God, I am believing that your spirit goes before them to protect them and anoint their paths. We thank you for your such a good God. We are just believing by faith that because we have prayed in accordance with your word, you've heard us. And in the name of Jesus, we believe this prayer is answered. In Jesus' name, I say, Amen. And if you are listening to me for the very first time, you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life as your personal Lord and Savior, I am giving you the opportunity to do so right now. Jesus Christ is the only way to the only God of the heavens and the earth, the God of the Bible. Jesus Christ died in your place. So you do not have to die for your own sins and then deal with the consequences of your sins. Jesus Christ died in place of you. He is the only way. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, it's simple. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was and is God. And he died on the cross for your personal sins. And on the third day, God the Father raised him from the dead. If you believe that and you confess that with your mouth, Jesus Christ is willing to come into your life and change you. Okay, he tells us in the book of Revelation 3.20 that he is at the door knocking. Are you going to let him in? Are you going to let Jesus in? He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. There is no way. Okay? Jesus is the only way to salvation. For the Bible teaches us that there is only one name given unto man that salvation must come through. It is through the man Jesus Christ. That is out of Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Because he fulfilled all of God's righteous standards perfectly. He fulfilled all of God's laws. Something that no other human being in the history of the world has done and will ever do. Only Jesus Christ, who was God before he became man. Jesus Christ was God 100% and he was man 100%. He loves you. He wants to give you life today, in this life and in the life to come. Again, don't use your free will against God. Because hell is real. Heaven is real. God sends no one to hell. People go there because they use their free will against God and reject God's best free gift, Jesus Christ. So I am asking you today to open your heart for the God. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I just pray for you to open their heart so they can see the need for Jesus Christ into their lives. Father God, I do realize that until people can perceive their need for a savior, they won't be able to ask for help. So I am asking that you open the hearts of whoever is listening right now so they can perceive their need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. If that is you, I am believing by faith that you have perceived your need for Jesus Christ. And if you want to ask him into your life, it's simple. I have told you what to do. But if you need help, say this simple prayer with me. Again, it's not the prayer that will save you. Is believing in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and he was raised on the third day. If you believe that genuinely and you confess that with your mouth, the Bible says you will become a follower of Jesus Christ. 
So I'm going to say this simple prayer. You just repeat this after me. You can say this with your eyes open while driving. Or if you are at home, you can go on your knees and raise your hands as a position of humility. Just simply say, Dear God, I acknowledge I am a sinner. I receive your forgiveness for all of my sins. I believe in my heart and I am now confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ was God and was man and he died on the cross for my sins and on the third day you raised him from the dead. He is alive today. Jesus Christ, I ask you to come into my life and change me. By faith, I believe you've accepted me as your child. By faith, I declare with my mouth, I am a Christian. This day moving forward, I denounce all other ways. I choose Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be strengthened, so I can be taught how to live as a Christian to glorify you. By faith, I believe I am a Christian. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, friend, I declare you based on the authority of the Holy Scripture, which is the only inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. I declare you a Christian. And the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you right now. And you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And according to Jesus, out of John chapter 10, no one will ever snatch you from his hand. You are destined to spend eternity with God himself in heaven upon your death. Welcome to the kingdom of God. I recommend that you start to study your Bible, you listen more to this podcast, and you find a local church in your community, a church that elevates Christ, a church that preaches the true word of God and the Bible is their authority and the presence of the Holy Spirit is present there. Find a church like that, become a member, attend church regularly, fellowship with other believers and grow in the word of God. And then we would like for you to contact us so we can help you and guide you with more resources to strengthen your faith as you grow with the Lord. I pray for God to be with you today and always. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word.
For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address, info at drruthtiny.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible, as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. We pray for God's love and presence to anchor your soul today in Christ Jesus. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and goodbye for now.